Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another great edition of Offside Hockey Talk. Finally kicking it off on the Zoom. We got a three-peat tonight sitting down with none other than Jeremy Ridgewell. Now, you've seen me tweet about this guy. He is the guy that I said for the longest time is the most best upcoming Leafs writer. And now he has partnered up with Editor and Leaf. He's still writing for Overtime Heroics. You see his work everywhere. The views are going up. The articles are getting juicier and better by the minute. Jeremy, how is my favorite Leafs writer doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. How are you? You know what? I cannot complain, obviously, out here on the East Coast. You know, we don't have the Atlantic bubble anymore, but the caseload's not too high. So we'll take what we can get. Very good. So I want to ask you, my friend, obviously, writing now, you know, OT Heroics was uh, where you started off, but now you've moved over with Editor Leaf as well. For you, what have you noticed for yourself in terms of growth? Um, you know, writing for OT Heroics, then obviously now being approached by Editor Leaf, writing for them. What have you noticed in your writing and what have you noticed from people that are responding to it? Because I can see the comments. I see the excitement. People love ready, reading your stuff that you write. So uh, for you, what's been the biggest change? Uh, well, first off, I've had a lot of people through uh, Overtime Heroics that have guided me and helped me. Um, whether it's through editing or just, you know, just suggestions on topics, that sort of thing. But, um, no, I think it's just repetition. The more I do it, the better I get, just like anything else. Um, the people at uh, Editor and Leaf have been great. They've all uh, accepted me with open arms and great to work with. Um, and, yeah, the feedback's been fantastic. No, it's absolutely been fantastic. And, you know, like I said, the articles are only getting better and juicier for you. Obviously, you're probably chomping at the bit for the season to start, and we'll start right there. Um, you know, a lot of turmoil between the NHL and, of course, the NHLPA. Um, you know, the players don't want to give any more. The NHL wants them to give more. Jeremy, in a perfect world, what do you see happening, and do you see hockey getting back this year, or is the kibosh going to be put to it and we'll all go home without anything to watch? I think we will get a season. Um, at this point, I'm starting to think it's a dream for them to start in January. Um, if anything, maybe training camp January. Um, but um, if this drags on, who knows how long it will drag on, but it might go down to that 48-game uh, schedule that Batman said they won't do anything less than that. So. You know, a 48-game schedule, I mean, you look at that for the lockout short season that we had. It was exciting, and it was the first time the Leafs had made the, the dance in a while. Uh, we won't talk about what happened, obviously, with the Boston Bruins, but, you know, <laughs> they uh, they made the dance. It was a short season. It was exciting. And, I mean, you look at this. You come back, and, you know, players are chomping at the bit. They're already all skating. There's videos of Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid. You name it, players everywhere doing different things. They want to play. Um, you know, obviously you could speak to this too. A lot of guys got families. A lot of guys got children. A lot of guys have different family obligations. You know, they don't want to be in a training camp during the holidays. They want to be able to enjoy, you know, their family, especially you see what's happening in the NFL and the MLB that happened throughout the summer. A lot of guys are testing positive for COVID on the road. 
you know, yeah. and that means they got to be not only away from their teammates, but then away from their family because they don't want to spread that to their loved ones. So you can see why the guys probably want to get the holidays in. And I know Gary Bettman's trying to make himself look like the good guy and say, hey, I said January 1st and the players don't want to show up. But, you know, I think the players want the holidays. I think we'll see, uh, you know, the two-week quarantine for everybody coming over to Canada. So whether it's the European players, whether it's the American players crossing the border, uh, I see training camp starting on the 15th of January and the puck being dropped on February 1. Uh, that's my guess, and that's been my guess since before any of this labor unrest started to come up. Um, I think it's the best-case scenario. I'm, I'd say 55- to 48-game season. And they get it done, get it in the books, because they don't want to run into the Olympics. They don't want to run into, uh, you know, having to make Seattle wait even longer to get mm-hmm. their ball rolling, to get things going for the next season. They want everything to kick off, you know, if the vaccines are all good. They want fans in the arena. They want everything done for September, October. So you got to get everything done quickly. And it's, you know, new US TV deal, you name it, all has to fall into place. But I don't know. It just, it looks to me like Batman's saying it's not a negotiation. But if you want to change something and you're asking for a concession here and you're willing to give there, is that not a negotiation to you? It's a negotiation for sure. (laughs) Um, I don't care how he wants to sugarcoat it. Um, I don't know why he bothers to try. He knows everyone hates him, but, uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I think, um, the other day when you, uh, tweeted out asking people what they thought about, uh, when the season would start, I said February 1st. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the only thing that makes sense at this point. January 1st isn't happening. The guys aren't giving up their families. Like I said, you you start putting the fact that you're traveling and then, you know, you catch COVID or something happens and then you got to quarantine. It's just too much time away from families. And they didn't like the bubble. You know, now you're asking guys to, to travel and, you know, potentially be away from everyone longer if you have to quarantine or this happens. And we, we all don't know the long-term ramifications of what COVID does to a person. Um, you know, there's some things that they do know, some things they don't know. So, you know, it's got to be weighing heavy on a lot of guys' minds too for that situation of it, you know, not just financially. But I, I think February 1 is the best date period. I think a shortened season. I don't think you – like Batman wants this 82-game season because he wants to try to draw as much money as he can, you know, mm-hmm. if we do start allowing to have fans in the stands, whether it be February, March, April. But, you know – I don't see teams wanting to have their players run out there two or three games back to back to back. You know what I mean? That Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem to be the smartest idea. No, because then by the time you get near the end of the season, you're just going to have a bunch of worn out guys that, uh, you know, are kind of lackluster for the playoffs. Yeah. Everybody's tired. I mean, what's the biggest thing we talk about with Freddie Anderson or Carey Price or, you know, Andre Vasilevsky, you name it, go down the list of goaltenders is you always say they're tired. You know, you want the guys to have juice in the tank for the most exciting part of the season, which is the big dance. That's yeah. what you want the juice for, man. And if you run that juice out too quick, then these guys aren't going to be, uh, you know, ready to go. And I, I don't, I don't understand why you'd want 82 games. I don't know why you want to crunch it so hard unless it comes down to the good old mighty dollar. Mm-hmm. But I look at this and Jeremy, we're talking about coming back and the best part about coming back is seeing the Toronto Maple Leafs and what they have done. 
And I want to ask you, when you saw the name start coming across the header this, uh, I want to say summer, but it wasn't the summer, this <laughs> off season, it's so weird to think about we had free agency on October the 9th. It's yeah. so weird. So conditioned to July 1st, like it's in our DNA right now that we should be talking and lamenting about something wrong with the Maple Leafs, not the fact that they need to get on the ice. But sure. when you saw those names start trickling across and, you know, we'll go right across the spectrum of all the ones they did sign. What was the name that really got your juices flowing that you cannot wait to see suit up? I was actually really surprised with the uh, Brody signing. Um, Dubas's guy. I I remember them looking at him with the Kadri thing and Kadri declining the trade to Calgary. Um, and I see it as finally having somebody for Riley to have that partner he's been lacking in his whole time in Toronto. No, what do you mean? They're going to put Justin Hall up there, or Travis Dermott or Marty Marincic. Come on now. They're not going to give Morgan Riley someone to play with. Well, you know Marty ain't going anywhere. No, that, that guy's a cockroach after the aftermath of a nuclear bomb. He's still there, and he ain't yeah. going nowhere. Somehow. Man. No, that's the, that's the biggest one for me, but um, I think a lot of the guys they brought in bring something that this team needs and has been lacking. Um, Joe Thornton, the ageless wonder. Um, Sure, he'll probably play third, fourth line minutes regularly, but I'm sure he's going to see the power play. And if Matthews and them have someone like Big Joe passing them the puck, that's how is that not fun to watch? Oh, it's absolutely amazing. And I, I look at it like this and you could sprinkle those guys in anywhere you want. You know, you look at Zach Bogosian, you can have him jump up with a Morgan Riley if you want Morgan to be able to wheel and deal a little bit more. You know, you can have T.J. Brody swing back and play with a Jake Muzzin. You have options now, which is something we haven't seen for a while. Then you look at the forward corpse, and you have guys you can rotate in and out. Say Spets is getting a little long in the tooth and tired. Okay, Thornton, you're in. Same thing with Thornton. Thornton gets a little tired. Okay, Spets, your turn. If you wanted to do that, you now have the opportunity to. Or how about you just load it up on the power play, have uh, Morgan Riley, Joe Thornton, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, William Nylander or John Tavares, you name it. It just sounds so juicy. Now think about a, you know, you pull the goaltender, think about who you add to the ice then, you know what I mean? Like you just talked about a perfect passer. Imagine that guy coming over the boards, Joe Thornton, while you already have, you know, Tavares, Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Riley already on the ice. And then here comes Joe Thornton as the sixth guy over to start threading the passes. It just, it sounds disgusting to think that a guy with over a thousand points in his career is now a Toronto Maple Leaf and it's going to be putting on that sweater and is excited to do so. But the thing I love about Joe Thornton and Wayne Simmons and Zach Bogosian, they come in and they have that little bit of swagger. They have that attitude. They have that, I demand a little bit of respect. Mm -hmm. And the thing with Joe Thornton that I love the most is he still has fun. And you can attest to this, my friend, the past three seasons with the Toronto Maple Leafs, you've had, John Tavares come in. Everybody's excited. But, oh, wait, William Nylander's not signed. Oh, wait, the next season. Look, look, we're excited because now everything's good. Oh, wait, no, Mitch Marner's not signed. And then the next season, hey, we're all excited. Everybody signed. Oh, the Babcock situation. So, finally, it feels like this big dark cloud that was there is shifting off. 
And mm-hmm. now we can just focus on hockey. All the big guns are signed. You got veterans wanting to come play for this squad. You have a coach that believes in allowing players to use their offensive skills and do what they can do on the ice without being held back. And then, this is the biggest piece for me, you have a Freddie Anderson who's in net who is now playing for a contract. Don't tell me he's not going to play lights out. Well, that's a great point, playing for the contract. But with all the depth we have, he finally has defense in front of him. He, well, he finally has some backups behind him. You look at Jack yeah. Campbell, Aaron Dell, Michael Hutchinson. There's actually a list of goaltenders who have played NHL games now ready to back him up. And Jack Campbell is probably the most competent backup we've had since one Curtis McElhaney. Yeah, and I can't remember a time where the Leafs have had this much depth at the goaltending position. And, you know, a lot of people say that it's because the draft is coming up, the expansion draft, that is, and the fact that they might lose a guy through waivers. But to be able to have that foresight and be ready to be prepared for everything, it's that much better for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And you look at a team like the Seattle Kraken, who's going to come in, you know, you probably will lose either an Aaron Dell or a, a Jack Campbell, and you might lose Hutchinson through waivers. Who knows? But. I like the fact that we finally have depth in all the positions that seem to be lacking. And isn't it funny that it was Babcock that was upset and wanting all this depth and Kyle Dubas last year went and signed him seven different players for 700 K and most of them stayed in the, uh, the minors. And then this off season, he went out and signed a whole bunch of players that will make this roster, you know, come yeah. opening day. And for pretty much a lot of the same price tags, you look at a Jimmy VC, um, you look at the, the gentleman we traded, and sign for Andreas Janssen. I forget his name at the top of my head. But you have all these guys that are cheaper players, and Joe Thornton, Wayne Simmons, Bogosian, you name it. But they're all players who can play on this squad. They're not just a bunch of guys that, hey, may get a sniff here or there. These are guys that can crack your lineup and make contributions. Well, yeah, and I mean, at the same time, even if all of them, you know, obviously they can't all be on the team, some of these guys you call up from the minors are – guys that can just step in and play you're not rushing some kid who's got no clue what the nhl holds until he gets there um but yeah and with the goaltending i think it even gives you time for joseph wall and ian scott to just take it slow develop the right way don't rush them and when they're ready they'll be ready uh you know what i'm very very excited about ian scott and Joseph Wool. I really hope they do pan out. There is so much hype and fanfare behind those guys, especially Ian Scott when he played for the Prince Albert Raiders. You know, the run they went on and how he was like lights out for them and they didn't lose a game forever and his record was immaculate. You know, you hope those things translate to the Toronto Maple Leafs because we're going to need goaltending. We're going to need young goaltenders coming up through the system. And that's what a lot of teams do. Um, you know, Toronto had that. We all know where that went. We're not talking about it. Still mad about it. But um, (laughs) speaking of younger players, I mean, you know, the World Junior Hockey Championship is something that is coming. It is something that we can sink our teeth into. Uh, A couple players that we know of from the Toronto Maple Leaf organization that are going to be a part of teams. One is Rodin Amirov, drafted this year, looking good over in the KHL. Um, and then another player is Nick Robertson, obviously going to be part of the Team USA. 
I think it's pretty safe to say he will make the roster. Um, those two guys are pretty exciting to talk about. Is there anybody else that Leafs fans should be aware of and ready to, you know, get their eyes on and get a feel for throughout this tournament? Uh, I would say from Team Russia, probably Mikhail uh, Abramov. Um, okay, yep. He's going to be there. Um, but I think uh, I know myself, other than, of course, cheering for Team Canada, I'm going to be paying close attention to uh, Team Finland this year. Uh, Miko Kokkinen is going to be there. Um, Roni Hervonen is going to be there. Um, the newly drafted uh, Topi Nimela, he's going to be there. So. They're going to be an interesting team, especially for Leaf fans. They want to pay attention to what our young guys are doing. Now you go into a tournament like this, and this season here, obviously there's not a lot of roster spots up for grabs. But in a year where you're probably going to have a taxi squad and you know expanded rosters, do you think for some of these guys this is a, hey, let me show you what I can do. I'm a cheap alternative, and if you have to add me to your roster, I'm not going to hinder your cap too much even if I'm on an AHL deal or whatever it is, whatever they decided to be, you know, is this kind of a showcase for some of these guys like a Nick Robertson who had a kick at the can during the play-in? Uh, this might be a way to show, Hey, I'm dominant. I've worked hard. I put in my efforts, you know, here's a look. And same thing with Rodimir Mirov. obviously wants to endear himself to management for drafting him where they did in the first round. And then of course you talk about Abramov. Everybody's been excited about him. Um, do you think this is an opportunity for some of these guys to say, hey, we're ready, you know, add us to that taxi squad, add us to that roster, we're going to be ready to go? Yeah, and I think, you know, because of where we are with the season, I think this is, a, you know, it's an extremely um, different situation because usually by the time we're watching this tournament, the season's already been going for some time. Uh, rosters are set. Everybody knows what everyone's got in the minors. And now we have a tournament that's going on before the season. So it's, you know, management's going to be watching. Um, and yeah, this is more than any other year. This is a huge tournament to make an impact on the team that you represent. Well, I look at this and I, you know, I see the season coming up and I'm thinking about all the different players and different things that could happen for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, you look at a championship tournament like the world juniors and you just hit the nail on the head everybody's going to be watching um i'm wondering do we see alexis lafreniere come through do we see quentin byfield suit up for team canada uh if we know and which we probably do now that the season isn't going to start until february the first um it's pretty much a foregone conclusion you're not starting january 1st so yeah. these guys should be made available to come over um obviously lafreniere I think the drop dead date was the 8th of December. He'd have to get over to camp and quarantine and be able to be a part of it. Yeah. Do you think those players should play or have they had their opportunity in the limelight? And now it's time for these younger guys buying for whether it's draft position or stock for their team, you know, to get the opportunity. No, I think, um, you know, if the C if training camp for the NHL teams isn't going to start till January, then I say, why not? Um, obviously every country wants to put the best that they have on the ice. Um, and if these guys are available, you know, I don't see why, uh, why they wouldn't want to go and why the teams wouldn't want to have them there. So 
the last uh, little bit here for the Toronto Maple Leafs, I want to ask this quick question. The Toronto Maple Leafs, there's a lot of uh, talk about Kyle Dubas. What's happening with Dubas? You know, this is his fourth season. It's really not. It's really his only, I think, his second or third with him with complete and utter control. And if you want to say complete and utter control, this is his first real season without Babcock kind of in his ear telling him what to do. Uh, do you see this season, Jeremy, anybody being on the hot seat for the Toronto Maple Leafs, whether it's Brendan Shanahan, whether it's Kyle Dubas, whether it's Sheldon Keefe? Is anybody on the hot seat? Or is this uh, another season of hands-off? Let us see what we got. Um, I don't really think there's uh, anybody on the hot seat. Um, I finally feel like uh, the team that we have is – in a word, um, finally, Dubas has his team. Um, now, obviously, some of these players were here before Dubas, but when you look up and down the lineup, this is, you know, 94 to 96% his team. Yep. And the players that you would factor into that, you know, 94 to 96% his team – you know, our Matthews and Nylander and Marner and players that were drafted that are high-end talents that, yeah, mm-hmm. he may have been around for, but he didn't draft, you know what I mean? So I still consider, and Zach Hyman maybe as well, but I consider those, you know, players that you want on this team, they're not extra baggage. They're guys you want along for the ride. Yeah. And, I mean, all the pieces he's brought in this season to uh, help those guys, um, they're, they're guys you want to have too. No, they definitely are. And I can't wait to see what it all looks like all put together, especially for the young guys over at the World Junior Championships and, of course, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I want this team to get back on the ice. I want them to figure it out, get it done, get it over with, sign the deals, uh, you know, just shake hands, drop the damn puck, and start having a little fun. Because as fans of the game, we can only write about prospects and different things and scenarios and talk about them for so long before we need something tangible and Jeremy, I hope the next time that I get to speak with you on offside, we have some tangible hockey to talk about. And I can't wait to start uh, to keep reading, shouldn't say start, to keep reading the great articles you put out. Where can everybody find your work and where can they make sure they support you as you're putting out these pieces? Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at germs13. Um, I write for Editor and Leaf. Uh, you can follow them at Editor and Leaf. Um, I'm also writing for Overtime Heroics. Um, not going to say too much about what we've been going through at OTH, but uh, the content's going to be uh, much better very shortly. Um, so, yeah, you can look for me at those three uh, three spaces. I'm always sharing everything multiple times. Um, yeah, that's it. Well, no worries. And you know you got a fan here over at Offside. We'll make sure to support and pump everything out for you as well with retweets and uh, – like I've said for a long time, Jeremy, you're one of the best up-and-coming writers, and now I can't even say up-and-coming because you're here and you're definitely a, a focal point in the Maple Leafs landscape. So thank you very much for all the work you put out, all the effort you put in. We enjoy reading it, especially during these slow and trying times. It's great to have great Leaf content. So, my friend, tip of the cap to you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk. Hockey comes to talk.